Good morning, church. I have my, my trusty thing where I can't see it, and I don't know if I'm on or not. So, uh, Before I start, I do want to make one quick COSERT announcement. We will not meet this Saturday because we're going to be here helping with the painting instead. So we will meet the second Saturday in January. Oh, thank you. The second Saturday in February. And plan on being here from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., please. Bring a brown bag lunch. And um, some of you may leave a little earlier than that. We'll talk about it at the meeting. But no meeting this Saturday, second Saturday in February, okay? Um, Let's open in prayer, I think. Yeah. Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We proclaim this is a day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we are privileged to be here in your house, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would reveal your will and would reveal the face of Jesus to us. And we give you the thanks. We give you the praise. Father, take the words we hear and not let them just sit, settle in our head, but may they become part of who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I'm going to talk about proclamation and in specific proclamation in prayer. Now, if you were to look in any literal translation of the Bible and try to find where it talks about the Trinity, you won't find it. There's no place in the Bible that describes God as the Trinity. But there are a lot of places that talk about the triune God. If you were to look at the entire New Testament, and even the Old Testament, there's an acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Those are all types of prayer. But if you were to go into the Bible and try to find where the Bible says those are types of prayer, you're not going to find it. Because even though the Bible talks about each praying with adoration, praying with thanksgiving, confessing our sins to God, asking God for our needs, you will find all of that in the Bible, but you will not find those four terms described as types of prayer. Now, you will find in the Bible proclamation. It is used many times, and we're going to look at some of those scriptures this morning. However, if you were to look for where the Bible talks about proclamation as a type of prayer, you'll be as successful as finding acts, thanksgiving, confession, and supplication described as types of prayer. But we don't let, those, that, thing, that, we don't let that discourage us. Because the Bible talks about our proclaiming God and God's word over and over and over again. In fact, even the reading we had this morning finished with declaring God's greatness. So let's uh, proceed. I just went to the dictionary because what does proclaim mean? And I, I came up with some really great words. To prom, I can't even pronounce them. To promulgate, promulgate, to announce, to publish, as to proclaim a fast or proclaim a feast. In simple terms, it means to make known. To make known. Simple as that. 
When we proclaim something, we make it known like a feast. If we look in Isaiah 61 verses 1 and 2, the spirit of the Lord is, uh, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and open the prison, open, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Jesus proclaimed liberty. He proclaimed the year of the favor of God. That's a long year because we're still enjoying it today. Long year. And it also, he proclaimed the day of vengeance of our God. There is a day coming. When every person on this that ever walked this world will stand before the judge of all creation. If they know Jesus, they have a personal relationship with him. They will enjoy eternity with God. But if they don't know Jesus on that day of vengeance, they will know the wrath of God. For eternity. Um, another definition is to declare honor, as to proclaim the name of the Lord, that is to declare his perfections. Exodus 33, verses 17 through 20. So the Lord God said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. That's nice that Jesus says to us, he knows us by name. And he said, please show me, Moses said, please show me your glory. And then he, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and I will proclaim my name, the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. I will proclaim my name. God proclaims his name. He does it through all of the scriptures. He does it through the handiwork, his handiwork we see in the sky, as the, as the uh, um, chorus writer says. Um, and then in the New Testament, we see the word proclaim. It's normal, normally translated as preach. According to Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology, proclaim is complementary to the more specific term evangelize or the phrase announce good news, which contains within its meaning the object of that which is announced or proclaimed. A study of scripture reveals that proclaiming is almost always tied to the kingdom of God. However, we do see examples in the Old and New Testament where proclaim is used of events made possible by the coming of God's kingdom to earth through Jesus Christ. An example of this um, would be where we read proclaiming uh, liberty to the captives, uh, freedom to the prisoners, and the year of God's favor. And interestingly enough, the, the Greek word in Mark um, one, <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 45, it is proclaimed when it talks about the leper describing how Jesus healed him. The word there is proclaimed. He proclaimed how Jesus healed him. 
Another word that's uh, similarly used in the scriptures is the word declare. The definition of declare, this I loved, to make a declaration, <laughs> which means to proclaim or avow some opinion or resolution in favor favor or in opposition to to make known explicitly some determination and it goes back to what we said before to make known different word same meaning but it's still used in the scriptures first peter chapter 2 verse 9 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You know, we all know how to declare things already. I can declare I'm hungry. I can declare I like something or don't like something. But what the Bible says I should declare are the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Sounds as that to me that that's evangelism wrapped up in, in one in, under one bow, proclaiming his wonderful goodness to take somebody as rotten as me and to transform me into the image of his son. How could I not want to shout to everybody I meet? what God has done for me. And the results of what he's done for me. How many times he's healed me. How many times he's kept me from death and danger. How many times he's helped me face problems in life and and caused me to be an overcomer. 1 Chronicles 16.24 and Psalm uh, 96.3 say, Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. I like Psalm 71, verse 17. O God, you have taught me since I was young, and I am still declaring your amazing deeds. Now, verse 18, Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. See, that is our purpose for living. God, don't, don't let us die until we've had the opportunity to proclaim your goodness. The same goodness you've shown to me, to everyone that I meet. And hopefully, maybe through them, people I didn't even meet. That's why we exist, is to proclaim God's words towards us. Psalm 89.2, I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. Your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. What's that song that says your love is great? Uh, your love is uh, higher than the mountains, deeper than the sea. His love never fails; it never stops. And isn't he worthy of being declared that? In fact, isn't that a wonderful declaration for us to make? Isn't that what we should proclaim? Let's just do that right now. Say this with me, would you? And mean it. Now, we're going to just just say it with me and mean it. 
<clears throat> I declare that your steadfast love is established forever. And your faithfulness is as firm as the heavens. That is true of his love for you. So it doesn't matter where, how many times you failed him. It doesn't matter what problems you have in your life today. What matters is that his steadfast love for you is as firm as the heavens. Now think about this, because we think about space and we think about nothingness. But the heavens, they support every planet and every star and every black hole that's out there. That's pretty firm. They don't move around too much. They pretty much stay in their orbits. They pretty much stay out there. That's firm. In 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verse 2, Paul charges Timothy to proclaim the word. Preach, which in the Greek, declare or proclaim. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Proverbs 18, verses 20 through 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You're either going to love life, or you're going to love death. And that which you love is what's going to fill you. You're either going to declare life, or you're going to declare death. And you're going to reap what you sow. The tongue is a powerful, powerful member. But more importantly, the spoken word. You know, people say sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Nice thought, but not true. Not at all true. Unfortunately, some people have taken their lives over words that, we're not, that shouldn't have hurt them. I like Mark eleven twenty three so much. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. I got to say that again. And does not doubt in his heart, <clears throat> but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Oh, I like that. I'll come back to that later. Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. I shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Proclaiming God's word is not, when done in faith, is not empty words. There is a power and authority that we have in Jesus Christ that accompanies the words that we speak if they're spoken in faith and we do not doubt. Let's look at Romans 10 verses 8 through 10 for a minute. But what does it say? The word is near you and in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, also proclaim, that if you confess 
with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and from the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That Greek word there for um, uh, which we preach, that Greek word, it means to be a herald to officiate as a herald, to proclaim after a manner of a herald, always with the suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. You remember when, it said, when Paul says, you are an ambassador of Christ. You see, when you proclaim something from a heart of faith into a situation, it's not your words that have any effect. It's you as an ambassador speaking God's words into that situation on God's behalf. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, that's where the power comes from. And that authority was given to us along with all the other disciples by Jesus Christ. And let's look at that word confession for a minute in there, that if you confess with your mouth, because that's different than the word preach. That word confession means to say the same thing as another, to agree with. So basically, when we're confessing, what we're doing is we're saying the same thing as God is saying. If we're confessing our sin, we're agreeing with God that we sinned and that it was sin. If we're confessing that I have the mind of Christ, we're agreeing with God that I have a sound mind. Proclamation of God's word is agreeing with God's word. Proclamation without faith is just empty words. It's devoid of life and power. Proclamation requires both faith in the heart and speaking with the tongue. And the purpose of proclamation is to speak the answer, not the problem. The answer is what God says about the situation. We agree with God. We say what God says in that situation. The doctor says, I have cancer and I'm going to die. God's word says, I am to live and prosper and be in health, even as the mind of Christ prospers in me. And there's a whole lot more to that. It's not that simple. But, I mean, the the mind of Christ prospering in you. But the word of God says, you shall live and you shall not die. I believe that we're all going to die one day. And that doesn't bother me because I think where I'm going is much better than where I'm at. But you know, personally what bothers me is when the devil steals our life. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he wants to shorten our lives so we can be any less effective for what God has for us and so that we will not fulfill his destiny for us. And it really makes me mad when Satan comes against the the saints of God and tries to do that. And I believe you shall live and you shall not die. God says there's an appointed time for every person. And I'm not happy unless every saint of God lives to that appointed time.
Teresa Saputas, in her teaching on proclamation prayer, writes the following. In proclamation prayer, we use the authority of Jesus Christ to make pronouncements over a person or group or event or situation, commanding that it will come into alignment with God's perfect will for it. There is great power in the authority prayer because we are not just making requests to God, we are actively working with him to enforce his will in a given situation. In proclamation prayer, we use the authority of Jesus Christ to make... I'm sorry, that's a duplicate... So what do we proclaim? Well, we proclaim the word of God. Obviously, sure. For instance, let's proclaim this one together. uh, From Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that with me. I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Now this time, believe it when you say it. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. How about one from uh, 1 John 4 4? You are of God, little children, and, over, and have overcome them, because he who is greater than you is greater than he is in the word, world. Now you can personalize that. I don't have to proclaim you, I can proclaim I. As long as I can say the same thing. I am of God. I am a child of God. And I have overcome the world because he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. There is nothing wrong with that proclamation. Just be careful what you're saying is what the Bible said. Is what God said. Because the power in proclamation is agreeing with God. Saying the same thing that God says. How about Isaiah chapter 41 verses 10 through 13. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. There shall be nothing, and they shall be nothing, and those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Those who contended with you, those who war against you shall be nothing as a non-existent thing. For I, the Lord your God, will uphold you in your right hand, saying to you, fear not, for I will help you. I can personalize that. I can say, I will not fear because God is with me. I will not be dismayed because Jehovah is my God. He will strengthen me. Yes, he will help me. He will hold me in his righteous right hand and all those who are incensed against me shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as if nothing. And those who strive against me shall perish. I shall seek them and not find them. Those who contend with me, those who are war against me will be as nothing. For the Lord my God will uphold me in his right hand. And he says to me, fear not, he will help me. There's nothing wrong with that proclamation. It says what the word of God says. It agrees with what God says about you. And here's one we all know. How about the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, they are with me. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a wonderful proclamation. And those aren't just words. And they're not just supposed to make my mind feel better. Those, that proclamation agrees with God and it makes my spirit stronger. So what does proclamation accomplish? Well, first it takes our eyes off the problem and puts them on the problem solver. That's a great place to start. And you know, for as much as we might judge Peter for looking at the waves around him and starting to sink, what did he do? He looked to Jesus and said, help me. Even though the circumstances were more than his faith could bear, Peter knew who the problem solver was. He knew where to turn. And he had, I am sure, complete faith that Jesus would not allow him to perish there. Secondly, it reminds us of God's faithfulness. God's been faithful to Israel. God's been faithful to his saints since the beginning of our creation. And God has promised to be faithful to us through all eternity. It strengthens our faith as we agree with what God says. Because so many times the enemy is there lying to us and the circumstances are trying to convince us but we're going to say the same thing that God says. So it strengthens, it bolsters our faith. It changes head knowledge to heart belief. You know, saying proclamation without the faith in our heart has no external power. But just like exercise helps a little, proclaiming what God says about you will eventually get it from here to here. And this is where we really need it, in our hearts. And I personally believe that there is power in the spoken word that comes from my mouth when that which comes from my mouth comes from a heart of faith. You know, the Lord Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it will move. He didn't say, go pray and ask the Father to move the mountain. He said, you speak to the mountain. And if you do not doubt, you will have what you say. That's kind of hard for me to, to put into, the con into my brain a mountain getting up and well, jumping into the sea. It really is. Uh, Jimmy Swagger tells a, a, a story, a testimony of a construction company. I've maybe shared this once before. Uh, a construction company, they had taken on a contract to build this road through the desert somewhere in the Middle East. And there was this one really great big hill, small mountain. But he figured, you know what? It's all sand out there. How hard can it be to move? So he based his, his bid on the fact that that mountain was sand. They get up to the mountain, and guess what? It's not sand, it's rock. 
And it's going to take a long time and a lot of resources to move all that rock. And the man is like, I'm, it's over, I'm bankrupt. I, I, can't, I can't move this mountain. But he was a Christian, and he went and he prayed that God would somehow show him how to move that mountain. In the middle of the night, there was an earthquake. <clears throat> and in the morning, when he woke up, that mountain of rock was a bunch of rubble. A few bulldozers moved all the rubble out of the way, and they just kept on going with the road. Not the way I would have pictured that mountain being moved, but he trusted God to work in the situation, and God moved that mountain. As elders, we believe that proclamation is an important key to overcoming the enemy. That's what Jesus did, you know. Let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. I'm just going to read through it here quickly. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, or proclaimed, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of a temple. And he said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, Ah, Jesus used the word, so now Satan's going to try to use the word, right? <coughs> he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, <coughs> It is written again, I'm sorry, uh, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So again the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. This is not the purpose of the sermon, but how many times does Satan try to tell you that what's in this world is so much better than what God has for you? Don't believe him. Jesus didn't. And Jesus <clears throat> said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. And then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Each time the devil tempted him, Jesus proclaimed, agreed with, and made known what God said. And the devil left. I don't care what's going on in your life today, I don't care what mountain you're facing. What disease is coming against you? What challenge seems to be overwhelming? Agree with God. I don't know exactly how many precious promises are in that book called the Bible, but there's a bunch. And I am certain that you can find one that addresses your situation. And you start proclaiming that, preferably from a heart of faith. But even if not, even if you're like the man who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, you start proclaiming that, what God says about your situation. And pretty soon, it's going to stop coming from your head and it's going to start coming from your heart. 
And pretty soon you're going to be speaking into that situation the power of Almighty God. And that faithful God, whose love for you never ends, is going to work on your behalf, uphold you in his strong right hand, and make you the overcomer that he created you to be. And then you get to go out and declare how good God is to you. Let's pray. Father God, we proclaim that you are above all other gods. You alone are the God above all gods, and Jesus Christ is the only King of kings and the only Lord of lords. Father, we are blessed to be your children, loved by you. We believe that Jesus Christ took our punishment for our sins and in return gave us right standing with you. We love you, Father. You are a good, good Father. And we are blessed to be your children. We declare that every place on which our foot shall tread, you have given unto us. We declare it now that we shall be bold and fearless in proclaiming your love for those you have created and demonstrate that love for them. Not only by ministering to their souls, Lord, but by ministering to their needs. We declare, Father, that we are overcomers in this life and victors with Christ Jesus in the world to come or the life to come. We thank you for who you are, for what you've done, for your indescribable love for us. We speak to every obstacle in our path that it shall draw us closer to you and that you shall remove it in Jesus' name. We give you the praise, Father, and the glory. We bow our head and our knees to you, sir. And we declare that you shall have your will accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we surrender our hearts to you that your perfect will may be accomplished in our lives. And we declare this from hearts of faith, not doubting, but believing that your word is true. It is truth and it is life. And we give you the praise you so abundantly deserve in Jesus' name. Amen.